Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 171. We're your host, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hi, girls. What's up? What's going on? Hello, I am very chilly right now. I'm in my <laughs> winter attire, which is shorts and a beanie. <laughs> Incredible. Protect your head. Anyway, yes. we are on the verge or on the eve of Thanksgiving. I am so excited because I actually am taking Wednesday off. So I'm going to have an extra oh, day nice. to clean because I'm hosting a few people over. Um so yeah, I'm very excited. And I wanted to talk about what I did this weekend. I went oh, to uh, Border X Brewery. Oh yes. yeah. There was a soft opening. Without <laughs> us. Right? Oh my gosh. Sorry, girls. But um, yes, I went to Beer Thug Brewing Company's soft opening. He is officially... Um, his home, his uh, permanent home right now is at, their brewing company is at Border X Brewing. And I had all the beers they had on tap and it, not all of them. I'm just on the beer thug brewing company side, um, but they were pretty freaking delicious. Um, and I got to interview uh, Edgar from Beer Thug Brewing, which before this, his he was known as uh, Beer Thug Life, which was his um, uh, moniker. Is that, mm -hmm. is that, yeah. So uh, it was really exciting. I got to see, uh, as soon as I went to go buy some beer, I, behind the counter was his son. And I was like, I know you, you're, 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 you're his son. You're brewing now. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're brewing now. It's a lot of work and I really love it. And so it was really great. I saw Maria and she was just super excited. They were super busy, but they took the time uh, to talk to us at Comadres Comics and do a small interview that you can see on um, TikTok and also on Instagram. What about you Does girls? Does he have more I, than one son? Yes, his other son, who is pre-law, he is actually helping him with the business side of the. Oh, uh, nice! Uh, yeah, all he's the, the one that went to an Ivy League, right? Yes, full scholarship wow. to him. Yes, yes. Um, he definitely like he kept saying, "When am I going to come back to the studio so we can drink?" And <laughs> so we, we got to make that happen. We got to do the chug and everything. So um, yeah. Hey. Yes, yeah. yes. That's uh, really so, cool. that, so that was really good. Uh, there was a great turnout. And they had this taco. Uh, they had food. They had pizza. And then they had tacos, these uh, two different vendors. But we had the tacos because we were, were in the mood for tacos. And they were freaking amazingly delicious. I cannot stop thinking about that chorizo <laughs> and papa taco. Oh, my God. Ooh. It had the right. I mean, it almost made me cry a little bit because it was kind of spicy and a weird kind of. <laughs> delicious way and anyway so when i went back to talk to them and say hey man i really love that taco i noticed their banner because i was standing on the other side when i ordered but when i went to the other side to take a picture i saw their banner they're from compton as well so oh, look nice. at look at them just you know hooking mm -hmm. it up you know like uh, other vendors and you know from the his hometown of compton and it was just really great it was a really good crowd uh really great time mr david favela was there you know he's the owner of border x brewing so it was just a really great turnout i had a good time that's cool and I, sounds I, like I, a lot of fun 
It really was. They have the sour on tap. Oh my god. You know I'm not a fan of sours, but they were delicious. They had the berry flavor. Actually, talking about it makes my mouth water. Um, and they served <laughs> it in, in one of those really nice glasses. Oh, I felt so fancy. Um, She's wiping like, oh. the bubba off her mouth right <laughs> now. <laughs> I really, I really am. Just like, oh my god, so good. Um, and um, what what else was gonna say? I was gonna say something else. Oh yes, that's right. Uh, Kristen, you had a signing at Heidi Ho Comics. Tell us all oh, about yes. that. So Jordan Hart, the writer and artist of Ripple Effects, was at Heidi Ho on Saturday from twelve to three, and um, Barbara, the editor in chief, was um, of Fanbase Press, was there with him, and um, I ran with my group that day and. Um, it was a 16 mile run, so I was not able to get to the shop until about 1:30. Um, so uh, I, but I did show up, and Eddie came too. We had an event over at uh, Jeffrey's as well, so Eddie came, and we showed up about the same time. But um, we were there for the rest of the time, um, and was able to speak with them, and we bought copies of the book to have in the shop and uh it was uh, a really nice uh, time to be able to speak with them both and see them both and to see the um to see the finished product of the entire trade paperback of ripple effects and i um made sure to request a pdf uh copy be sent to us so that we can read and review it i told him he could be our token white guy <laughs> <laughs> incredible amazing what an honor for him <laughs> i love that i love that um and you jen you have you decided to come down for thanksgiving or are you gonna work that I, black friday i'm working black friday so i'm not gonna be able to come down for thanksgiving but i'm doing like a little friendsgiving thing with some of my friends that are here in the Bay Area and who are also not going to go home. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, nice. Also, I was telling you earlier how I had to watch a very horrible, awful version of uh, Hamlet. Yeah, I was about to say Macbeth, but no, Macbeth is the other one. Macbeth is the one that I like. like. But no, like the early 2000 this is like do you guys remember the like 2000s or like the late 90s 2000 early 2000s adaptations of shakespeare movies like yeah um uh 10 things i hate about you um um the she's the man stuff like yeah. that yeah mm -hmm. well there was one for hamlet that was with ethan hawk and of course julia styles was in it as well as ophelia uh and bill murray was in it too but it was bad <laughs> like it was like like I watching that I was just all like what the fuck is going on here it's nothing at all like it's nothing at all like how when I was like reading the play how I was envisioning it or how I've seen the adaptations of it be done which are like more compelling this one was just oh my god I had to like pause halfway to like take a nap because I was just like this is too much this is <laughs> Like and not in a good way. Like, 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 bro. What are you trying to say? Like, I, like, I, I get like the hints of you trying to adapt, like the artists and like digital media is like the new form of whatever. And like, maybe like there's like a little sprinkling of like watching violence, uh, begets violence or something like that. But it was just a, like, bro, come on. 
I liked your adaptation of Romeo and Juliet because that was the one with <laughs> young Leonardo DiCaprio in it. But <laughs> the other one, not so much. Yeah. Aww. I never mm-hmm. even knew that existed. Now I want to watch it. Yeah, you, you. <laughs> you, if you want to, yeah, go ahead. I had to actually like rent it, but it's really funny because I had like a little sense of deja vu when uh, I saw like the cover for it, and I realized that the, it is a DVD in my mom's house or like <laughs> or my parents' rent. Because like as I was looking at, it, I was just like, where have I seen this before? I'm just like, this is freaking me out right now. Like, where where have I seen this before? And then I remembered that well back in the days when my parents used to sell uh videos yeah let's go with that uh, <laughs> i didn't know they did that too <laughs> they got no, no not, on la pirateria. <laughs> although for one okay i did find like a stash of like okay that's another story it's it's a weird ugh, very hamlet very in tone with hamlet though um uh but there was um uh, there was multiple copies of the DVDs of Hamlet because it was one of the movies that was coming out at the time, so they had multiple copies, but they didn't sell. <laughs> so there's just a stack of now we know why. DVDs, yeah, because it's fucking awful. Even if it That's has funny. a young Ethan Hawke in it. You know, if you find that box of a bunch of DVDs, you could give them away as gag gifts for Christmas. I'm not going to give people bad adaptations of Shakespeare. (laughs) It already has a bad rep with people. (laughs) Please. That's hilarious. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And today is not so much chisme as far as news. And it's sad news, actually. Uh, Jason David Frank, if you don't know, he played Tommy uh, in the Power Rangers. His first iteration of Power Rangers back in 1993, I want to say. Uh, he played Tommy. He was first the Green Ranger and then was the White Ranger. Um, and he had since uh, made appearances on other Power Ranger uh, reiterations and series. Um, he he was uh, found dead, uh, died at age 49. Um, he was um, he was found in Texas, and uh, people are saying, I mean, it's it's said that it was the cause of death was suicide, and that just makes me really sad because a lot of people that actually met him at conventions and at other places that he had, you know, made appearances at, they've said that he was really charismatic and really friendly and just overall such a nice guy. So um, it just goes to show you that a lot of people, um, they battle these demons and uh, we don't know what they're going through or how they're feeling inside. And um, it's just immensely sad because although I was already like, I think 18, I still watch the Power Rangers with my brother because he's seven years younger. So um, I basically watched Tommy and like, you know, Trini, she also passed away like in a car accident. She was the Yellow Ranger. So like I, I kind of feel some sort of way, you know, like it just really sucks. Did you guys watch the Power Rangers at all? It's so crazy that you're telling me that it came out in 1993 because I remember watching it on like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. 
and like when did the movie for it come out because like i like i watched the series i thought it came out i either like this is just for the confirmation that i do remember back up to like 1998-1999 in my like memories because i remember watching it like on tv like waiting up to see to see it exactly i think the film actually came out in 1995 so 1995 jesus christ yeah this is kind of freaking me out why do i remember there's probably reruns of it now oh, that I absolutely. think about it. Yeah. Yeah, so, 100% reruns, but yeah. But like I like I will like I watched my the, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and I remember like the White Ranger and the Green Ranger and yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I'm really sad. And the whole like exploitation that happened to them as well. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's really sad news. A lot of people, um, you know, they're all adults now who grew up watching them. So it just, it's like, just, uh, it's just, uh, it sucks because now that we're older, like uh, the news that we get from these uh, people that we grew up with watching on TV in our youth or whatnot, like they are, you know, what the news when they come out currently is if so, they're either they're ill or they passed away. So um, we're sending all our love and thoughts and condolences to their family. And I hope that um, I hope that if you're feeling suicidal thoughts or thinking about it, you reach out to someone um, because um, you are important. You are special. You need to be here and experience experience life with us. So uh, just that's really, really sad news. I just want to remind everyone that there is always somebody to talk to. There are national suicide prevention uh, hotlines. Uh, and uh, something I didn't know just by uh, right now, a quick Google search, I wanted to share uh, a phone number if for whatever reason a listener needs access to that. The suicide prevention uh, lifeline uh, used to be or is still, you can call 1-800-273-TALK, which is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, but also nine eight eight has been designated as the new three-digit dialing code that will route callers to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So nine eight eight is um, all you need to remember. Um, and just like Sarah said, you matter, and um, there's always somebody for you to talk to. All right, guys, now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? I'm very excited to share what is on my radar this week because it is a book. Once I heard it was coming out, I um, got very excited and was um, anticipating it. And it finally came out last week, last Wednesday, on uh, November 16th, and it is the new story arc of I Hate Fairyland. So if you are a fan of I Hate Fairyland, the Scotty Young story about a young Gertrude who is a six-year-old child who gets whisked away to fairyland, where, as you might imagine what a fairyland is like, there's, um, there's, uh, fairies and uh, interesting little creatures that speak to you and just interesting whimsical stuff but in that original storyline Gertrude is um, just on a constant search 
for this key that will get her back home. But unfortunately, she is stuck in Fairyland for 30 years. So what happens is that she is aging um, cognitively, but not uh, physically. She stays in her six-year-old body. Um, mm -hmm. And that original I Hate Fairyland was so funny. And I really love Scotty Young's writing. Um, I'm a big fan of his cover art, but his writing is just really, really good too. Um, and so that first original uh, storyline, and I think it's about four trades, ended many, many years ago. I don't even remember now. It was, it was, geez, like the first Heidi Ho <laughs> Lincoln. Wow. Uh, <laughs> did it really? I felt, oh my God, why did I think it was still ongoing? I'm still stuck um, in like that, <laughs> those years. Yeah. So, uh, years. It came out the uh, in 2016 originally. The The first volume came out in 2016. I don't like thinking about that. I don't like thinking about the passage of time. <laughs> so this is a new ongoing so, um, this is uh, with Scotty Young as the writer, and Brett Bean is the artist who also was the artist on Marvel's Rocket and Groot. Um, and this is Gertrude, all grown up and living in the real world. But the caveat is because if you if you know if you ever read the first one, you know what happens, and she finally does. Um, I believe, gosh, it's been so long, but. Um, I, I can't remember exactly the, the storyline around it, but I believe she did end up coming back to the real world. But what happens here is that we see Gertrude all grown up and she is, uh, she, she was there when she was six. She was there for 30 years. So I'm assuming that means she's 36 years old now. And she is here in the real world trying to basically live her life. But what does a woman, a 36-year-old woman who was stuck in a fairyland for 30 years, what kind of marketable job skills does she have <laughs> other than beating people up and smashing them over the heads with big battle axes? She has none. And so should we uh, meet Gertrude in issue one, where she is just constantly getting fired, job after job after job. There was one scene that I just completely laughed at because she's she's on a, a driving lawnmower, and the person who hired her is like, um, sorry, and I don't even think he said sorry. He's just like, you're obviously drunk, you're fired. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like all hung over on the on the uh, on the driving lawnmower. She's like, I'm not drunk and literally in the lawn she has spelled out the words i'm drunk <laughs> <laughs> so that is just a taste of the um the humor that scotty young has and this character has in this book so i love it so much so the twist of course there's a twist is that um we find poor gertrude beat up and thrown out of a bar because she just causes havoc everywhere she goes. Um, and some fairy, it looks like some fairyland creatures have found her in the alley and have taken her away because, quote unquote, their boss has sent them to pick up this woman who he needs for um, for his special assignment. So it turns out that he has an offer for Gertrude that 
pretty much means that she's going to have to return to the one place that she has spent more most of her life trying to escape. So that was kind of the setup of the first issue. I can't wait to keep reading it. It is a new ongoing. Like I said, the first um, Fairyland story arc uh, or story ongoing went for four volumes. So hopefully we see this one sticking around for um, as long, if not longer. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds really cool. That sounds really sounds cool. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yes, definitely like a, fun. It's like a fun read. It yeah. definitely is. Well, guys, it is that time, the time that I'm always so happy to introduce. What time is it, Kristen? <laughs> es la hora, hora de, de la, la cervecita. All right, guys, what are we drinking today? Cream oh. or something? Kelly, we're drinking Kelly, someone's cream. Kelly, it's called Cali Creamin, which so. sounds like California dreaming, but also sounds like a sexual encounter. <laughs> yeah. So Cali Creamin is a vanilla cream ale brewed by Mother Earth Brew Company, and that is located in Vista, California, which is up north in here in the state. And it is a um, an ale that has tasty notes of vanilla bean, cool and crisp, smooth finish ale with natural flavors added, and it is a 5.0 ABV. Well, that's kind of interesting. Um, It has a Madagascar vanilla bean is what they're, the vanilla bean that they're using. Madagascar sounds cool, sounds exotic. Um, I like to move it, move it. Move it. (laughs) (laughs) You like to move it. Move it. Well, at first taste, like the first initial mm-hmm. taste, it ha- is full of flavor. It's slightly sweet, definitely Ooh. vanilla, but it's 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 creamy and I feel like a little bit dry in the back. What do you guys think? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone took, someone gave me uh, an iced vanilla soy latte. Yes. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that. So I like this. It is. Yeah. Like, it's. It's not like sweet, sweet. I think here's a here's what vanilla does and why people use it is that it gives the impression of sweetness without ever actually having to use sugar. Um. um so we get that. We get that. Like. And it's not cloying. That's another thing. Because sometimes vanilla is very hit or miss with me. Mostly miss. Um, uh, because either they use too much vanilla or they use too much vanilla and sugar. And it just becomes this cloying, almost clotting taste in my mouth. And I don't like that. But this is not to say that I hate vanilla. Um, uh, to each their own. Um, um, but this is this is good. I think this is using vanilla in a very in a very nice and nuanced manner. What do you think, Kristen? So I've actually had this beer before and oh. um, had not been a fan. 
Um, it was many, many years ago on a girl's trip to Palm Springs, and I found a craft <laughs> beer um, place, and I just picked one of everything out of the i i left there spending three hundred dollars in oh. beer of which i probably only drank like a 12 pack of <laughs> because you know people have the hard alcohol and the wine or whatever and my eyes were definitely bigger than <laughs> than my stomach when it came to beer but i really think that my beer drinking experience was affected by the 122 degree weather. Um, and whenever I had a beer out by the pool, it never stayed cold. This was pre silver cup stuff that I poured into now to keep it cold. Um, and so I think that definitely affected the flavor because this that I'm drinking right now um, is very flavorful. I'm a fan of vanilla uh, and I actually pay extra for the fancy vanilla when I'm buying vanilla to cook with. Um, and on the bottle will say Madagascar vanilla. And, um, and so before it was just I, in my memory. And that's why when you kept asking me which one I kept picking <laughs> around it because I'm like, I tried that one before and I don't like it. <laughs> Incredible. So, but, this actually is good and I'm enjoying it. So I do think that my experience before was affected by just the heat and uh, the, the beer being hot, probably uh, me being hot and fussy. Um, but this actually I would buy again. I really like it. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. I think this would be a beer that you could use as, as uh, in a beer cocktail. Um, maybe with like maybe with some um, some coffee maybe I don't know like I feel like this could be embellished somehow that it's free to do that with this one but by itself it is delicious it is very creamy it I'm not a fan of sodas uh, but this does feel like a like a soda like a like a, yeah. a creamy soda Ooh, a cream soda yeah. yeah yeah you know what it does have it does have that taste of a cream soda. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now that you mention it, a hundred percent. And like, and I, like of, I like cream sodas. Yes. Uh, I'm like I said. I'm not really a fan, but if I have a cream soda, then I, I'm I'm into it. Like, um, but this one is really surprising because it has, like you said, that vanilla, but it's not too sweet, and I like that. I like how they balanced out the sweetness versus the vanilla flavor, letting it be the main character of this beer. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy. And it actually comes in small cans. It doesn't come in the tall cans. Um, so um, I got this. I think I got it at Caps and Corks. So um, it's, it's pretty much available. Um, if you look for it, I think you can find it. But are we ready to actually rate it? Yes. So for a reminder of our rating scale, we have very unsatisfied. And under unsatisfied is flaccid. Um, then we have two out of five unsatisfied. Three out of five is a neutral. A four out of five is satisfied. And a five out of five is very, very satisfied. So um, and then if we want to give it something even higher than that, we still have retained our Super Saiyan rating. So I'll begin. I'm going to begin with a satisfied. I give this a strong four out of five. Um, I definitely would buy this again. And you know, I have to say it is marketed as a summer beer. 
Um, but this is giving me strong holiday vibes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I completely yeah. agree with you on that. Yes. I, I'm, absolutely. I feel like if you poured like either like peppermint schnapps or something mm -hmm. similar along with the like vanilla. Oh yeah. Holiday vibes. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe even like if you pour it into a glass and then just embellish it with a, like a candy cane. I think it would work uh, one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, like, a sweet person. But candy with her beer. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh. Yes, this is true. Well, I'm going to go next and I'm going to say satisfied. I'm really impressed with like how they balance the the sugar and the uh, vanilla and let the vanilla be like the highlight of this beer flavor. And like I said, this can be, um, I think this could be a, a beer cocktail. It, somebody far more creative than I am with beer and uh, flavors. So I'm going to give it a satisfied. What about you, Jen? Uh, I am going to give it also, no, actually, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to give it a five. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five. It's really surprising. And like I said, when something surprises me, like this does, especially when it's like vanilla, because when I was like reading it and when, when you guys said vanilla, I was just like, in my mind, I was like, Fuji. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but when I drank it, it, it like, it tasted good and it still tastes good. Um, and it's given me very, like, uh, very, very Starbucks, very, like, it's mm -hmm. a vanilla soybean latte. So yeah. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. A very satisfied guy. Rarely does that happen that Jen rates something higher than we do. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. Uh, yeah, this is very flavorful. And like you said, I'm really glad that it's kind of chilly outside because it does give me, like, this, like, warm fireplace vibes for sure. So that has been our beer review. All right, guys, now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? So today we are reviewing a book called Our Stories Carried Us Here, a graphic novel anthology. So this anthology, I did not realize until I uh, actually did a quick little Google search, um, was originally uh, funded through Kickstarter. So back in 2021, uh, it was on Kickstarter and they raised $28,761 to uh, bring this project to life. It's um, 10 first person stories written and illustrated by immigrants and refugees living across the USA, co-created by Green Card Voices. And I will save a little info about that because that's actually going to be my juntos. But um, it's a nonprofit organization and they're the ones who put it all together. Um, so um, they paired 10 storytellers and illustrators from the same linguistic, cultural, and regional backgrounds to create a unique blend between story and illustration. Uh, yes, definitely. I um, This is Sarah, and I... Um... I really love this book. I love that uh, they give, okay, so they give you the story, but before each story, they give you a little like, um, 
a, a little description of who the person is that's writing it and who the person is illustrating it and what they've done and where they come from and where they're living residing now and i really like that because you kind of get like a little backstory right before you read their story and then after the story you have a glossary so for terms that might be terms that you are not familiar with um they they have this little one page glossary at the end of each story and i thought that was really helpful um I mean, I knew most of the terms, but I really appreciate that because maybe I think this is actually um, age friendly. um, And I think that even YA can read this. So I think the glossary is really helpful. And I I really liked it. I there there's once and then another point that I wanted to make was that this book was um, being generated during either when or one year after the anniversary of uh miss uh was it george floyd who Mm -hmm. uh was uh who was killed by police and then there were those um um, demonstrations and marches and you know uh black lives matter and i can't breathe uh banners and everything so that added a little bit more of a kind of like you knew where the timeline was when they were actually telling their stories uh, because some of them made reference to that and i thought that was um really emotional actually um, mm-hmm. And the the stories behind these people are is, are really extraordinary. And some of these, you see some people dealing with like their identity as a person of color in the United States. And so these were really like heartfelt stories. I, I really enjoyed this. I I didn't think I was gonna love it as much as I did. What about you guys? I really really liked it because it really puts into perspective where like immig- immigrants or migrants they're not just from central america they're mm-hmm. from all over the world mm-hmm. and i really really enjoyed the fact that they put a map uh in yes. the beginning yeah. of the creators and um, um the illustrators countries of origin and then where they're currently residing and a lot of them are residing in either the uk england or the us and while I was like, like reading it, all I could think about was just like a lot of these countries, their like sufferings or what they were escaping from was basically colonialism and like the post-colonial, um, uh, and like into the neo the neo-colonialism movements that was affecting their countries. And there was of course also like anti-Islamic sentiment and stuff like that as well. It's it was very, um, uh, I'm not eye-opening because this is stuff that I already knew, but it, it really like put into more emphasis just how large the issue is and just like how, how many more people there are. There's just so many people in the world, man. There's so many. <laughs> and we've all been affected by colonialism and i'm just all like oh jesus fucking christ it's a <laughs> it's a lot existential crisis um i also noticed like one of the things that um i my father uh, my father once he became a u.s citizen would vote every time and i would always see him like reading over his pamphlet making notes and then going to vote on occasion as a young girl he would take me 
to vote. And that's where I learned that it was powerful, my vote. And so as soon as I turned 18, I registered to vote. And whenever I can, I go with him to vote and I vote. I vote. That's the thing. And one of the things that I noticed as I was growing up, a lot of people when they were when I was in my 20s, a lot of people didn't a lot of especially Latina women did not vote. And like most of the people that were my age were not voting. It didn't care. And um, somewhere I don't know where, but I heard that um, immigrants make the best uh, U.S. citizens. And I do believe that to be true because they take the, the the gift of being a U.S. citizen and they exercise their, their right to vote and they contribute to the community and they try to like have a safe place for people of color and people with their different uh, nationalities and different like costumbres um, and we see that a lot in this book a lot of people that have contributed back to their community and I think that's amazing and I think I love the way they highlight that in these stories. So this is Kristen, and in reading some of these stories, I actually was reminded of a lot of um, uh, prejudices and biases that I personally had against immigrants when I was much younger. Um, I <clears throat> was um, I worked with a domestic violence, uh, sexual assault and domestic violence organization that actually specifically had a migrant farm worker program. And because I was bilingual enough <laughs> to be able to help translate and actually speak to some of the women um, and answer the, the um, hotline, they uh, recruited me to help with this program. And so um, we had women who would come to the organization for help either because they had been assaulted or they were in a, a domestic violence uh, relationship and they were trying to flee. And I remember in particular, I don't remember her name, but this woman who I'm sitting at a picnic table and she's speaking Spanish to me and I'm doing the intake. And so I'm asking her all these questions and <clears throat> learn that in her country, she was a lawyer. But here in the United States, she was a housekeeper. She would clean homes and buildings. Um, and because none of her schooling was recognized here in the United States. And the more I talked to her and the more I got to know her and just the more she shared her story, I was confronted with prejudices that I didn't realize I had and was able to understand a little bit more intimately what other people's biases towards immigrants and um, the assumption that I could now clearly see that because a person doesn't speak English, they're dumb. They're uneducated. They, they're stupid, and uh, it, it was just re. And I was, I was at this time. I was young. I was like 23, 24. It was so eye opening to me. Um, these prejudices that I had that I was not really fully aware of, but started to kind of unpack and and like work my way out of. And I think it's helped me in all the social services work that I've done to also be able to to see and understand and empathize with the people that I worked with, what they're going through and what they're dealing with. And the irony is 
is that America, the United States, is one of the only countries that only speaks one language. And I think that that makes us the dumber one out of all of the countries in the world. You know, uh, I'm so glad you say that because it's true. Like, you know, for me, like my family and my cousins and uncles and aunts and all that that came and immigrated to the U.S. were people from a small, like, small little town and some of them didn't even get to graduate high school or you know so you know you take that with you and you're like everybody must be like that but it's not true at all there's a lot of people that are escaping persecution and have like you said she was a lawyer in her country Mm -hmm. so that's really important to see like you don't know you know just because they don't know the language doesn't make them dumb yeah. You know, and that's one thing that I actually live with because um, a lot of people that I talk to, I'm like, oh, yeah, my husband's like a real history buff. And a lot of people are a little shocked and taken aback. And I'm like, just because he doesn't speak English doesn't make him dumb. He's actually yeah. fucking smart. He's mm-hmm. fuck- he could do math in his head like without a com- calculator. I'm just like, what? <laughs> <I mean>, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're too fucking smart. I don't know why you're with me. But um, he's just... I mean, sometimes, like, we'll be talking, and then he'll be like, oh, yes, this, this, and that, and that, and that, and that. He'll make, like, really historical points. He'll sometimes even know the year, and I'm just like, the fuck? But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's real. I mean, I oh, I was just, like, so taken aback. Like, I, I know that there's a lot of uh, programs and stuff like that. I have family that is um, actually in the I- immigration lawyer um so they help out a lot of uh, immigrant families and people that have are, you know, um, fleeing domestic violence and so forth. And uh, they're helping out these people, but they only speak Spanish. Or in one instance, I think we even try to get Jen's mom to help us out because they spoke, I think, Iche at the time. So, I mean, um, I'm, I'm learning more about that as well because, you know, like I've only been exposed to like the Mexican, my side of the family immigrating to the U.S. But there are so many more stories out there. There are so many other reasons why people are choosing to move to the U.S. So that was one of the things that I really liked about this book. Um it just it's it's eye opening and also you learn more and also you reaffirm what you knew before but they might have forgotten or you know might have you know not thought about and so like i think this book is like really i think this book should be in in schools definitely yeah it's definitely a great teaching tool and i think one that's really uh well like one like modern history because this is stuff that's happening now and contains a lot of stuff of like how you know like how stuff of how like the past is still affecting the present um, um but it's the the artwork too it's so varied and it's all like really really good and just the talent that is here is like when the stories themselves are interesting but the artwork itself is also amazing as well um so yeah i really i really really enjoyed it i don't i don't think i can really pick a favorite because they're all kind of sad yeah yeah um uh but overall i think this is a really good poignant uh book 
Absolutely. For me, I'm glad I think you made a reference to the art because the art is amazing. It's really extraordinary. And I thought the pairing of the stories with the art was just amazing. I there's so many varied styles and I I, I did not find one that I did not like. I, I just wanted to add that I for me I think that the importance of uh, of learning empathy for people's personal struggles of coming here to this country the reasons are varied as we see in this in this book um, but almost a hundred percent across the board their experiences with prejudice and racism and all of that kind of of, of bias was a hundred percent the same um in that they suffered it and had to endure it and had to work through it so i think that um one of the important things about this book is just is just having empathy with these people that they've gone through a lot and it it's a it's a big deal to leave everything you know regardless if you feel like you're coming here for a better life um you're leaving your comfort zone and that's that's tough no matter who you are or where you're going and um i i really do hope that more people read this book yeah, one of the things that impacted me a lot was um, I think one of the one of the writers was from I believe Jamaica, or no, a, a Guinea, um, and um, he's going through his uh, visa, you know the the Einstein visa. I forgot what it's, the number is, and then he's there with the with the Im uh, immigration and like trying to do his paperwork in the interview, and he's like, oh, "You don't look like an Einstein to me." And mm -hmm. I'm just like, why? Because he's black? Mm -hmm. uh, wh why? Why doesn't he look like an Einstein? I mean, Melania Trump got in from with the Einstein. What, is, what does she have to contribute to society? That, <laughs> that's it. That's all I had to say about that. Mm -hmm. Well, because no, a lot of the situations, they are frustrating. Like, they are, it's these leaps and dangers and, um, uh, like money the trial that they have to go through even if it's just like even if it's through like official paperwork it that's what it is it's a trial some of it just isn't fair and mm -hmm. for what for a document that says that you can move you mm -hmm. can against an imaginary line that separates things like that's bullshit yeah I think that's overall like that is what I'm taking away from this is that documentation is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> yeah well guys are we ready to rate the book yes yeah all right uh what is our rating scale Kristen? well uh because jen shared with us way back in the day that the most uh pandulce conchas that her mother would ever allow her to have was three we rate all of our books on a rating scale of one to three conchas so um that is kind of our base but if it's a book that just is off the charts we may just give it a little bit extra Yes. So uh, this is Sarah, and I give this book tres conchas. That's three conchas and a cup of, I'm going to say Cuban coffee because I'm going to change it up a little bit. I want my coffee to be strong <laughs> and black, like my soul. 
Uh, okay, so this is Kristen, and I am also going to give it uh, three conchas. Um, I'm going to stick with the cup of champurrado because right now I could deal, I could do with a cup of champurrado because it's just so nice and, and chilly and crisp outside that I would love to have one to warm up my hand. <laughs> this is Jen, and I'm also going to give it uh, tres conchas. And you know what? I'm also going to change it up. I'm going to give them a té de canela because... Mm. It goes home. with our beer. Yeah, it also yes. goes with our beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There you go. So, guys, I really highly recommend you guys pick up this book. It's really, really good. If you're a teacher out there listening to this uh, episode, give it a read and see if it's something that you can uh, like uh, incorporate in your curriculum because I really think that empathy is a very, very strong emotion that we should, like, um, inspiring others. So that has been our book review. All right, guys, it's time for En la Libreria, and Jen always brings us what is in her libreria. Yes. So today I have for you A Fish Has No Word for Water, a punk homeless San Francisco memoir. So this one, it caught me my attention because one, it was San Francisco and I was there last week. Um, uh, but it's being done by Violet Blue, and I'm going to read the synopsis that we have right here on the campaign page. It says, hello and welcome to the fundraiser for A Fish Has No Word for Water, a punk teenage memoir about being homeless on the streets of San Francisco. This Kickstarter is for the final leg of No Word for Water's journey. The book is finished, and how you can get your hands on it before public listings mid-December. The manuscript is a complete 278 pages, uh, averaging about 105,000 words. With cover design and PR sales copy, it has a full manuscript critique edit, uh, including a sensitivity reader, a line edit, and test readers. The Kickstarter is for the final copy edit and proofreading costs. A record to record a DRM free audiobook and a final layout, formatting, and publication costs. Now, about the book, it's uh, I believe it's by Violet Blue. My mother was a hacker for US government contract firms and drug dealer to Silicon Valley's elite. After what? everything went wrong, I was homeless and alone on the streets of San Francisco at the age of 13. Jesus. This memoir of my survival upends stereotypes about children who survive abuse, young sex workers, LGBTQ youth, resilience in the face of immense grief and trauma, and how communities form to overcome some of the deadliest forms of discrimination. It offers us a look at adults breaking promises and dark, taboo realities underpinning the experiences of homeless youth. Yet also the surprising care circles formed by adults in San Francisco's LGBTQ community. It is a story centered on female strength, determination, and resilience in the face of maternal betrayal. The wow. memoir is an eye-opening tale of adults dancing in Silicon Valley spotlights while abusively pushing its children into the shadows. Or in this case forcing them to be handmaidens to their parents' self-destruction. It reveals to readers that there was never a case for tech's shine in the first place. Silicon Valley's children foraged food from trash cans and slept in abandoned cars, while its earliest generation of workers partied, 
broke laws, and spat on homeless kids begging for spare change under the glow of Tech's latest creation. This memoir is no topside of Tech's fall from PR grace. It reveals firsthand the dark social and societal conditions no one talks about in Silicon Valley origin stories. It goes on more. It's it's a lot. Like That's a lot right there. Yeah, that was a lot in and of itself. But Violet Blue herself, who's making this memoir, uh, they are, uh, she is an award-winning author and investigative journalist on hacking and cybercrime, as well as a noted columnist having byline for outlets, including the Oprah, Oh, the Oprah Magazine, Financial Times, CNN, CBS News, the San Francisco Chronicle, Popular Science, and Gadget, and many others. Guardian UK called Miss Blue one of the leading figures in tech writing in the world. She's a member of the Internet Press Guild and an advisor to online legal privacy resource without my consent. She's a prolific author and editor and a five-time independent publisher book awards winner. Miss Blue's most notable book appearance was on the Oprah Winfrey Show in an episode dedicated to the subject matter of her book about women and pornography and was featured and praised by Miss Winfrey on the show, as well as twice in the O Magazine. Blue's books have been translated into French, German, Italian, Spanish, and Russian. Here's the thing. I'd never heard of this woman in my life until I saw this. And I was just all like, Oh shit! <laughs> like, that's it's, that, uh, that's a lot. I mean, I felt yeah. like a slap in the face, dude. That was just so graphic. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it comes out of the door swinging. Yes, um, it does. So, she's already met her goal of five thousand dollars. Currently, it's at twelve thousand six hundred and thirty dollars with thirty three hundred thirty eight backers and thirteen days to go. You can always back without. Uh, Pledging, um, um, you sorry, you can always pledge without a reward, so you can donate as much as you want. You just want to support, but at one dollar, um, uh, you get the pl- you get to pledge without a reward, and you just get basically a thank you, um, uh, and this can also be an add-on to add like if you want to like tip more or if you want to like um, uh, give more for uh, supporting this book. Uh, Three dollars, it's a thank you tip. At $5, um, uh, it's an acknowledgement in the book. So, like, in the book itself, in the both the ebook and audio version. Uh, and then at $10, you get the ebook. Uh, and then there's a separate $10 one with photographs, maps, and artifacts. Uh, and then at $15, there is the audiobook. And then finally, at $23, you, um, uh, sorry, I, I messed it up. $23 is the bundle of the ebook and the audiobook. And then finally, at $30, you get um, uh, the actual book. So, is it the actual book? No. I'm so sorry. I misread this. At $30, you get the bundle. So it's the ebook, the audiobook, and the, the photos, maps, legends, and artifacts. Um, um, there might not be an actual physical book. Oh, that's oh, new. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. She's kind of uh, she's kind of a tech person. Right. Oh, but, yeah. That yeah. does make sense. <laughs> yeah. And it's a uh, it's a dr it's a drm uh, free audiobook too, which is pretty cool. Basically, what that means is that you own the actual like either like PDF. 
or like the you you own the audio if it got like taken off of amazon or if it was like taken off of like any other like hosting site you would still own it that's what that means so it's pretty good i mean you basically get uh the ebook for 10 bucks so that's, that's a pretty cool. good deal yeah that is a good especially deal. for how complex and interesting this yeah. sounds and I, I don't mean to be callous because to call someone's life interesting sounds like a bit like, uh, like oh, like for entertainment. That's not what I mean. It, like, it really, truly, truly has led a very, very interesting life because uh, I think that is the kindest way that I can put it to someone who has gone through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So definitely. it is uh, a fish has no word for water on Kickstarter. All right, guys, now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today, as I mentioned earlier, I am sharing with you a nonprofit organization called Green Card Voices, and they are the organization that actually published um, uh, our stories, carried us here. So their mission, Green Card Voices mission, uh, is to connect immigrants and their communities through multimedia storytelling. They record the first-person narratives of immigrants and publish them in books, online, and in traveling exhibits. So far, they've recorded and storied over 500 immigrants and refugees who are originally from over 140 countries and who now reside in uh, Minnesota, New York, New Jersey, California, North Dakota, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Um, This nonprofit organization is Minneapolis-based, but um, as they mentioned, they are growing nationally. Um, Their vision was born from the idea that the broad narrative of current immigrants should be communicated in a way true to each immigrant's story. Green Card Voices seeks to be a new lens for those in the immigration dialogue. Their programming is designed to empower educational institutions, community groups, and individuals alike to acquire first-person perspectives about immigrants' lives, to foster empathy and build appreciation for the immigrant experience in America. Over a million and a half people have experienced their content so far. And if you go to greencardvoices.org, you actually can um, see some videos of some um, immigrants that they have uh, interviewed. They also have... um, uh, bilingual children's graphic novel series. Um, they have um, a whole bunch of different uh, interesting things. They have um, green card entrepreneur voices, green card youth voices, uh, green card STEM voices. But like I said, if you go to their website, you can actually watch some of the videos in their digital storytelling, uh, and you can. Um, they have a podcast. Um, the podcast features first-person narratives of immigrants and refugees. Stories of their upbringing, upbringing uh, stories of coming to the United States, and stories of adjusting and thriving in their new home. So it is just an amazing uh, addition to the review we've already given to the book. Um, and if you're more interested in immigration stories, go to greencardvoices.org. Well, that sounds amazing because uh, a lot of the times, like you said, uh, you want people to understand your story. And I think the interviews and the podcast will do that and also the books. So is there a way people can donate or 
Um, for it is a nonprofit organization, so um, I believe that um, there is um, a shop where you can buy things. And unfortunately, the book that we just reviewed shows that it's sold out, but hopefully, it is um, back in stock soon. But there is a donate button, so um, there um, there is a. Uh, menu at the top of the website and um one of the options is donate so and they give you uh, different um options on how to do so all right guys now it's time for saludos and today estamos saludando we're giving out a shout out to maxi rodriguez from casuto productions and she has a, a table that she wants to uh ask uh, their donors, it's sort of like a Patreon. It's actually Kofi, ko-fi.com backslash Casuto Productions. And she's basically taking uh, donations right now to pay for her table at San Diego Comic Con. And uh, she right now, she's asking for a goal of $350, but she's at 70% right now. So anything helps, oh, cool. definitely. And she is the creator, artist, and writer of Chubby Bunny. Uh, if you do not recall who she is, we do have an interview with her on our YouTube channel. Just look up Comadresi Comics. Um, and check it out. She's very talented, really amazing artist. And uh, yeah, anything helps towards her table at San Diego Comic Con. So saludos goes out to you. We're also saludando, Kristen. Okay, so um, we are um, giving saludos to Albert Acosta. And now, Sarah, you may remember meeting him you might not remember his name because i don't think he gave it to us but we were on our way to breakfast or to breakfast to dinner after saturday night of comic-con and we were walking to find a restaurant far off of the main strip we were going to meet our friend soyini and a couple other people i think uh dr rojas and her um her assistant were coming and this beautiful woman in Dia de los Muertos makeup and a amazing like uh, outfit um, walked by us and we were like, oh my God, let, let us take your picture, let us take your picture. And they handed us a car. <laughs> and yes. so today I found this card and I was like, let me look this person up. So um, Albert Acosta is an artist and he has actually done a lot um, of stuff. And um, he is a painter. He works with multimedia. He is a photographer, but he also works um, as an animator. He's worked on The Simpsons, King of the Hill, Family Guy, and now he's working on American Dad. But um, he talks a lot about how he is just very influenced by his culture and comic books. So um, I thought it would be super um, cool to give him a saludos because if you go to his Instagram, um, which is uh, Albert Acosta underscore art, 
um, you'll just see how amazingly talented he is. And he has a website where you can actually buy original art. It's too rich for my blood, but there's also prints um, that are very, very affordable. But his website is Pistolera Art. So P-I-S-T-O-L-E-R-A. ART.com and you will not be disappointed. His his work is just amazing. I do remember that and she was she looked amazing. <laughs> she said, Yeah, you know, like we're promoting this artist, and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And oh my god, that is so amazing. I'm so glad you kept the card because I can't wait to go see the pistoleraart.com website. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Where can they find us, Kristen? They can find us at comadesicomics.com, uh, where you can also find links to all of our social media, including um, Instagram, our very own Instagram, Facebook, uh, dying Twitter, apparently. <laughs> um, and uh, we also have, um, as Sarah mentioned earlier, uh, we have a TikTok. And most interestingly, um, our, um, the videos and interviews that we share on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Comadesi Comics, and you will be able to watch all of the amazing creators that we've interviewed. Absolutely. And of course, you can find us if you're listening to us, you know that you can find us on most of your favorite streaming platforms. Don't forget to like and subscribe us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming platform. Thank you so much for listening to us. We really appreciate your support. We have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.